The purpose of this podcast is solely for patient education. It is not intended to evaluate, diagnose, treat, or cure disease. Views expressed are those of the podcasters and not their affiliate. Any medical questions or concerns should be addressed by the listener's physician or care provider. Listening to this podcast does not constitute a patient-physician relationship between the listener and the podcaster. We do hope the podcast can help enhance the listener's own medical experience. Hello, and welcome to Everything Your Doc Wants You to Know, but doesn't have time to tell you. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform about health matters affecting adults. From latest research updates to tips on navigating the health system and everything in between. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Lindsay. Welcome back. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. Um, How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy. We were down in the Twin Cities visiting family and got to enjoy some outdoor time swimming and amazing bike trails in the Minneapolis area. Have you gotten an opportunity to experience this? I know, this? I haven't. I just love that about the Twin Cities. They have bike trail, they're paved bike trails that are surrounded by greenery and they're just beautiful. And they go, you know, from downtown to the suburbs and they're just really, really incredible. Probably one of the reasons they're ranked a healthy city. I would think so, yes. How about you? How was your weekend? We're at the baseball tournaments all weekend, so having fun watching baseball. Great. That's really fun. Well, today we're talking about nutrition, and um, this can be a really broad category. We're not necessarily talking about diet, right? The six to eight week plan. We are talking about kind of general nutrition. Lindsay, what do you, what do you think about or what does that mean to you? I think it's um, doing healthful foods to fuel your body. So thinking about eating differently, that you're eating for enjoyment, but the main thing, main reason we eat food is to to give our body the fuel it needs to function. Yeah, to support health and for kids for growth, but hopefully not too much growth as adults. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and right, foods can really range from being healthy fuel to also being harmful and actually causing slow damage over time to our bodies. Right, so we certainly need to always take a step back and and think about what we're putting in our mouth and if it's going to be harmful to us. Um, Certainly, we can't be perfect all of the time, and and sometimes we have to, you know, splurge and and do what we really enjoy, but uh, as long as we follow uh, certain rules and the majority of time are doing it right. Yeah, and I think, you know, taking a minute just to mention what the benefits and harms are of good and bad nutrition, you know, benefits, I think we see better energy levels, healthier immune systems. What else do you think about with with positive nutrition? Um, I think people just feel good. I think there's probably less headaches, less aches and pains. Um, but certainly less GI upset, right? Too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think energy is a big one. Yeah, yeah. And then harms that we think about with poor nutrition are lots of chronic disease. Food can actually, right. if you think about it this way, can sort of be considered slow food poisoning if you're eating the wrong things over time that lead to diabetes or heart right. disease or other conditions, heart attacks, strokes, all those things. Um, we can make a difference by what we're putting in our mouth. Right. And I know that I'm certainly not perfect and I strive to improve. I don't I don't think I will ever reach perfection in right. my diet in terms right. of eating health food 100% of the time. Um, but certainly, you know, I think as physicians, we see conditions and side effects from poor nutrition all the time. And so it's motivating for us to make changes. And right. um, again, while we're not perfect, we certainly want to provide some ideas or some um, insight that may help you make some positive changes too. And I think even just a few little changes a week probably do your health uh, uh, a lot of good, exponential 
good. Right. So if you can, you know, change one meal to a healthier substitute or uh, snack food or something like that, you can certainly make a difference in your own health. So, so there's a lot of talk about, you know, carbs are bad, fats bad, limit your calories. I think um, people don't people don't know what we want to know. Is there a magic bullet? And if so, what is it? And I don't think there is, right? I don't think one one thing is more important than the other or worse for you. Certainly, we know that some things are bad. And um, I think the most important thing is to choose whole foods. Yeah, right? I think eating a wide variety of um, especially plant-based whole foods. So things like whole grains, vegetables, fruits, legumes, seeds, and nuts, things that we've talked about briefly in the past. But certainly if you're eating a wide variety of those and those comprise many of your calories, then you're doing really well. Right. I think it's what calories you're putting in, you know, what makes up those calories that matters because there's really good fats um, that are important for your body. And I also think it's important to have some of the the whole grains. You can't eliminate a, one whole food group and still think that you're being healthy. Right, because we tend to think of grains as carbs, and carbs have gotten a bad rap lately. And so um, it is important to still get those whole grains. We need them for fiber. We need them for other nutritional elements that they contain. That you should be sure you're choosing choosing the right carbs uh, more often than not, and and kind of in proportion. Right, right. Yeah, and I think I like to refer to the 80-20 rule where we're saying 80% of the time you're doing what's right, 20% of the time you're maybe eating those other things or having a treat, or maybe a little less than 20% depending on where you're at in your journey with nutrition. Um, But that's a nice goal for kind of getting health food, but knowing that it's also okay once in a while to have those things that wouldn't be considered healthy. How do we find healthy food? How do we know what choices we're making are the right ones or the wrong ones? That's a great question. I think, um, you know, looking at labels can certainly help if you're buying packaged foods. Like we already said, if you're buying the whole food where you can see the plant that you're eating, then you know that's probably going to be fairly good for you. There are some limits to that, of course. Eating sweet potatoes is better than eating regular potatoes because regular potatoes are quite starchy and um, will raise blood sugar for sure. So not every plant is a healthy plant, but um, in general, as a rule, you can kind of go by that. Otherwise, looking at labels, you want to look for carbohydrate content, saturated fat content, sodium content, all of those things can be um, factors in what you're eating. Of course, the fewer ingredients generally will be a less processed item, and fewer the less processing generally the better. And avoiding the foods with things in it that you can't pronounce. Right. Um, High fructose corn syrup is one that is unfortunately common in American foods, and that one does really no benefit to the body. And so if you can eliminate that from your diet, or at least significantly limit it, then you're doing yourself a favor as well. And you really have to look at labels because it can be hidden in lots of the foods that you eat. I think the one, for some reason, ketchup surprised me. And I, we don't eat ketchup a lot, but um, when I saw that it had high fructose corn syrup, and there's not really a good reason for that. Um, in most of the foods, there's not a good reason. Right. And so you can choose the the simply... Um, you know, simple ingredients versions that are out there. Right. And unfortunately, those do tend to be a little more expensive, but they're worth it. If you're thinking long term in terms of your health, you're going to save money 
by being healthier and having fewer medical expenses too. And I think you like to give the example of yogurt. Right. So yogurt comes in a wide variety of different flavors, different packaging. There's low fat, high fat, high protein yogurt. Um, I think, you know, when you think about yogurt, it's touted as a health food in general, but some yogurts are really not healthy. There are many forms that are, um, you know, praised because they're low fat, but then to substitute for flavor, they have a whole lot of sugar added. Right. Um, The high fat ones, again, if you're watching, you want to kind of limit the saturated fat to a degree, but there are healthy fats as well that can be fine to have in your yogurt. High protein is usually good. And again, some fats are good. I don't want to put fats down because they do help us fill up and they're good for our bodies, especially those healthy fats too. And I think even if it's sweetened with artificial sweeteners, I would tend to steer clear of that too. And and instead, um, you know, play, buy the plain and, and add sweetener yourself with either um, honey or uh, fresh fruit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, some of it is just what we get used to, right? So if you're used to eating the um, extra sweet yogurt, you can retrain your body. It can take some time to do that. But um, you'll, if you do take that time, you'll probably feel better as a result and you'll eventually get used to not or you won't even crave that high sugar item anymore. Right. And then when you go back to it and have a taste, you will be shocked at how horrible it tastes. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think yogurt's a great example where it's something that can has great potential to be healthy and it has good bacteria in it that are great for our guts, but um, you still have to be careful and look at the labels in terms of what you're getting with it. Another good one to talk about is butter, right? And we've kind of gone through the butter versus margarine thing. What do you do, Lindsay, for your family? I think for cooking purposes, um, sautéing, I definitely use olive oil as my go-to and, and avoid butter or margarine. Um, but certainly if I'm baking, I use butter currently. Yeah, and I think that has been shown to be better than margarine. Again, right. it's less processed, so just eating the butter is better than um, buying something that's really processed. Yeah, and what, what are your thoughts about eating out at restaurants? And how to be healthy. That's a good question. So eating out can be challenging. And actually, it's really hard because even if you're picking an item that you think is probably healthy, like a salad, there may be um, hidden ingredients that wouldn't be present if you were making it on your own. And so it's it's sometimes hard to know. There's more salt in different things to add flavor. There may be sugar added to various ingredients. There are preservatives. And so you do have to be careful, even if you think you're choosing something healthy. I mean, generally, I would say, yes, the salad's going to be better than many other things you could select or the protein with a side of veggies. So like chicken, roasted chicken or um, broiled salmon with a side of veggies certainly are going to be healthier than many other choices. Um, but you do, you're, it's still not the same as when you make it at home and you know what you're putting in it. And I think the things on a salad in a restaurant that you have to be careful of are, you know, salad dressing and then kind of the crunch, something that they add to make a crunch. So sometimes that's a type of bacon or a, you know, a fried rice or something like that. Um, so if it was more almonds or nuts, then that would be a better choice. Right. Yeah. Often the salads are much more calories if you're looking at calories um, than the hamburger on the menu. Yeah, which is surprising. And some of that is the salads that are served in the tortilla bowl those or the bread bowl. Those obviously add significant calories. Um, but otherwise, it's just the other ingredients that they add to make it right. good. And the dressings, too, can have a lot more salt and a lot of other ingredients to add that restaurant quality flavor to it. 
Are there other things that you would recommend eating or considering if you're eating out? I know, you know, sometimes we think of tacos as a little more healthy because they are not so high in carbohydrates. They do have a fair amount of salt, however. Right. I think that's the thing to avoid eating out. I think often, you know, if there's a fried or a grilled variety, the healthier choice is the grilled. We get a lot from breads. So, you know, if they have the, you know, making the choice for a lettuce wrap or things like that would be a better choice. Right. Yeah. And again, eating out isn't bad, especially if you're doing it on an infrequent basis, but it is more challenging because there are going to be added ingredients that you wouldn't necessarily want or add yourself if you were eating at home. Um, So I think if you're eating out on a monthly basis, that's probably fine. I think we all tend to do that if you're eating out three or four days a week that might be too much and you need to be careful yep because um, you may see weight gain you may see high blood sugars you may see other uh, high blood pressure other complications from the food and I think often people will come to us and and we from bowel issues stomach upset loose stools and when you look at it with them I think often you find that it's just eating at a restaurant that's causing it. Yeah, it correlates with eating out, right. And again, there are probably unknown preservatives or really high sodium content or other things that are contributing to that. And I think we didn't talk earlier a little bit about, um, you know, the microbiome. And I think we can just touch on that a little bit because fueling our bodies, um, we're, we're finding out a lot more about the bacteria that live with us and how that affects our health. And so the foods you eat certainly affect that. I know there was an article recently about the sugar substitutes that cause maybe more negative uh, gut bacteria that cause us more problems in the, in the stomach and with the GI tract. And then certainly plant-based diets have been known to maybe provide better gut bacteria. Right. And the gut bacteria has a huge role that we're just beginning to learn about. It is Um, The gut is the first barrier to many infections, and so it helps our body fight off infection. If you've already got a a gut full of good bacteria, that's going to prevent other infections from sneaking in. Um, It also helps just with our general immune health. Right. I think even how you absorb some of the foods that you're eating, um, the healthy and the non-healthy, is determined by the gut bacteria, so... Right. So over time, making some small changes can add up to a significant difference. If you can modify that gut bacteria to be good bacteria that um, are used to a high fiber diet, that can certainly result in absorption of better nutrients. Right. So, you know, I talk with patients about diet and eating out and that kind of thing on a regular basis. And many of them are surprised and disappointed by all of the additives and the things that go into our food. And we talk about what what can we do to change this? Right. And I think slowly certain communities certainly are. I think um, getting your voice out there and, and, you know, where you put your money, what, what foods, where you're going to eat foods certainly will help determine you know what stays alive in the future and if you're going to the places that are trying to be more healthful then then we'll get some leverage that way yeah I think there's also uh, good things in the community so places that are doing all um, locally grown foods um what else yeah locally sourced foods I think um you know the farmers markets are always a great thing there are lots of restaurants in various areas where you can buy 
or your meals are going to be locally sourced and probably more healthy and fewer preservatives and things than if you're not eating locally grown food. Right. And I think um, when we were trying to eat more healthfully fruits and vegetables, we signed up for a food co-op. And um, I would talk about how when we did that, boy, we had to, it was like an adventure in vegetables that we'd never eaten before. And we had to had fun looking up recipes to try to decide how we were going to make these these vegetables that we had in abundance and it was kind of fun and you know we found new things that we never thought we would like and uh, one example is kale so my kids don't eat kale a lot of ways but we found that they do like it baked you know you just put the oven 350 and bake it till it's crispy and they think that's a great chip so um just kind of going outside your comfort zone and making it an adventure. Right. I I hear from a lot of people that, you know, if it's not the way they grew up eating or they haven't been eating this way, that it can be really hard to make that change. And I think if you think of it as an adventure and a way to try new food, it can be it can be really fun and rewarding. And the other thing is health food doesn't have to taste bland or boring. It can be very good and um, still be good for you. So there are really great ways to... um, incorporate healthy foods into your diet and we will on our website i'll post kind of some diet ideas for um breakfast lunch snacks dinner and this is by request of some people who also requested that we do this episode they said could you do a month-long eating plan i think a month is ambitious right now but i'll (laughs) i'll go for a week and we'll see how we do with that yeah i'm excited i think um it's hard it's hard to eat the best most important thing about eating healthfully I think is to prepare food yourself. And so I think that it's hard because it's it's not always the quick way to do it. You kind of have to plan ahead. And so what do you do to to work around that? Yeah, I think um even if you're not, you know, one option that people will do is prepare things on Sunday for the week. So I think that's a great option if you're organized and on top of things. You can chop veggies and have kind of the ingredients to whip together a salad for lunch every day of the week if you're on top, you know, if you're somebody who's on top of that. Um, or roast sweet potatoes and you can throw those into various meals throughout the week or do different techniques like that. For our family, I'm usually not that on top of things on Sunday afternoon, but I will plan out a menu for the week and at least try to have a little crossover between a few of the meals so that we can throw some leftovers into another meal or whatever um, so that it works out to be relatively healthy. I think um, we do pretty well with our suppers, lunches if we have leftovers, we do all right. Snacking is still probably our weakest area and we need to work on that. Right. I think for us, I'm not good at meal planning or prepping either. Um, I just don't think ahead. Uh, But we did sign up for one of the meal delivery services. And I think that's pretty healthy because you get the whole foods and you're prepping it yourself. Um, And so that's a good way that we've found. And then the other day, I kind of just, you know, we have meatless Mondays now uh, where we do a plant-based protein uh, and actually, since we've started that, we've added weeks because we like the food and you can actually do some very quick meals with chickpeas and, and black beans and throw something together pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think, you know, making having those things on hand and maybe having a head of lettuce just set aside for the week for just a whenever meal and have some beans or protein that you can throw on top makes a really mm-hmm. easy salad. So. It's a great idea. Right, and whenever you're making quinoa or something like that for a meal, I kind of do extra because that, you know, it saves in the fridge for maybe a week. 
And I have to say, I love how quinoa reheats. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like rice, which where it's just the flavor kind of loses and the texture is not the same. Quinoa, cold or warm, serves quite well again later in the week. So make a bunch of quinoa at the beginning of the week and you can use it on salads or as a side dish throughout the week. It's got a little more protein than rice and some of the other grains. It's a pretty healthy grain. And I think one of the other tricks to being more healthful is to know where your weaknesses are. So I know that I like salty things. And if we have a bag of potato chips in our house, I would eat the whole thing. So we know that I never buy potato chips um, unless we're having, you know, some special occasion. So we just bought a bag for my son's birthday party. Um, and so it's gone in a few days. <laughs> so we, we just know to avoid buying those things right yep and for me i would say it's baked goods i um if i make some cookies i will eat most of the pan right away and so i don't do that very often once in a while it's a fun treat but again i don't it's not something i do on a regular basis because if it's around i will eat it yep and we try to have substitutes so other kind of salty things that are maybe healthier than popcorn or healthier than chips potato chips is know some popcorn that we pop up on our own you can't do the package ones because they're going to be loaded with things you don't want but popcorn or we found those you know dried chickpeas those can be pretty good salted chickpeas those are very good those can be very Mm -hmm. good you can roast up your own pretty quickly too and put different flavors on so you gotta know your weakness and and find a substitute Yeah, and there can be other good substitutes. For me, for the dessert, for my sweet thing, I like, I'll I'll do dark chocolate. And I get really dark chocolate, like the 70 or 80% dark, because then I won't overeat it. It's it's too bitter to overeat, but it's that sweet thing to finish off a meal. We did a a dark chocolate mousse with avocado. I have done that. I think you've done it too. We'll have to put that that recipe up because that's a good substitute that satisfies that need. It's amazingly good. That was one that I didn't tell my kids what was in it until after they had eaten it and they loved it. It was fantastic. Yes. So we'll have to put that up. Yeah, that's a very good one. If you guys have certain substitutes, please let us know. Um, we can share share the wealth of good ideas. Absolutely. We, we love to have everybody's healthy ideas and share them so that everyone can benefit. I think, you know, the other thing with as you're trying to shift your diet, if you're somebody, and again, we're all in different places on our health journey, and it doesn't mean you're doing poorly or doing whatever. It just It's where you're at today. So if you're trying to make changes, just... You know that even if you can change one meal a week, you're making benefit. You're helping yourself out um, or, you know, little things that you can do, like just having some healthy snacks readily available. And I think, yeah, we're good point that we're all in different places. If you're still eating white bread mainly, then then your biggest switch that's going to have a huge health benefit is to change to whole wheat. Um, right. So we're all in different places and we can make little changes that are going to going to have big benefit. Right. And, you know, we talked in the past about the protein and the legs on our protein. And so if you're eating protein with four legs three nights a week, maybe just changing one of those to a protein with two legs. And if you're already at that two leg protein, shift over to a meatless night and see how that goes. And I think once you start, you kind of get momentum and find that you do like the tastes and flavors and and you start carrying over into other nights. Absolutely. And we think, you know, like we said, we would love to share your ideas and recipes. I think this, you know, trying to create a community of improved health is really part of our goal with doing this. And so we're happy to share um, ideas and things that are working and tips and tricks. 
That brings up another question is when we're trying to do this, but we live in a world where it, it's not easy. And I often hear that people do well at home, but their workplace gets them. Um, yes, yes. And I know ours, even a healthcare facility falls into this trap as well, where we bring uh, sweets and snacks for somebody's birthday or their work anniversary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, that is a challenge. I think we do. We tend to bring in cookies or cake or other treats to work. And it's, again, like most things, it would be fine if it were an infrequent thing, but because we, you know, there are a lot of people at work, it tends to be more of a weekly thing instead of a once in a month, once a month kind of thing. Um, And so it's, that's something else to think about. You know, if you're Somebody who knows that cookies are a weakness and people are bringing them in regularly, finding a way to have some healthy alternative for yourself, that piece of dark chocolate to satisfy that craving, and then let yourself walk past the cookies without eating them. And then when it's your turn to bring in something, you know, try to to bring them over to to the healthy side with bringing in a good example. Yeah, and you said earlier, Lindsay, that you before the podcast you said that you at work sometimes you'll try to do a healthy treat day at work rather than um the regular we've tried to plan it doesn't always work well but we try I think it's a great idea I think you know even switching to things like edible arrangements which are the fruit baskets some are dipped in Mm -hmm. chocolate but at least you're getting whole fruit which comes with fiber and other benefits besides just the cookies that's a good thing I mean it's it's progress in the right direction Right. Veggie trays with dip. With the hummus dip yep. or something healthy. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So not an easy challenge and one that many of us deal with. And same thing, um, you know, we see that with our kids at school. People are right. bringing in treats a lot. And I, I certainly, my kids like donuts on their birthday. And that's that's okay if it's once in a right. while. Yes. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, somehow we all need to rise up as a community and get better lunches for our kids at school because that's where they're learning um, to make make choices. If we can start early and start them on kind of, you know, trying a variety of vegetables and different foods that are good for them, even having vegetarian meals intermittently would be a great thing. And I know I, I'm bad at our mornings don't go well, so I don't get a lunch made often and they are eating what's at school and making those choices themselves which aren't good ones. I mean, I hear what they're eating and it makes me cringe. And all I can do is know that at home we're making smart choices. So Right. And as we've said before, nobody's going to be, or very, very few of us are going to be perfect in terms of healthy nutrition. So we go for the 80-20 rule, try to eat healthy most of the time. And again, it's a journey. It's not a finish line that we're going to cross anytime soon anyway in my house. So we're just working toward making progress and healthier eating all the time. And I think we've both probably seen in our practice, I can think of um, one young lady who had sinus infections chronically. I mean, we could never get her feeling good with, you know, sinus congestion, drainage, headaches. uh, And she, we finally simply just um, eliminated basically simple carbohydrates and processed foods and she was cured and thought things were awesome. So I know you have some other examples of similar... Yes, people with bowel issues, and if we 
cut back on their eating out or eating out at certain places. They had definite improvement in their symptoms. Again, getting more of the healthy, high-fiber diet will certainly help with those GI issues. Obviously, for some people, you do need further evaluation to figure out what's going on. But we have seen benefits just by, like you said, reducing simple carbohydrates, eating a more natural, whole food-based diet. And uh, I've seen it also with somebody with kind of generalized, or many people with generalized aches and pains. They just feel so much better um, when they've eliminated those processed simple carbohydrates. Again, if you have tips and tricks, please share. If you've had a success story, we'd love to hear that too. I think that's about it for today. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a quote that I really like. Um, I'm going to have to look up who it's by. It's Michael Pollan. Michael Pollan. And he says, eat food. Mostly vegetables, not too much. And I think that's fantastic because if we all kind of strive for that, thinking of food as a source of fuel necessary for health and thinking about why we eat and what the purpose is will help kind of guide our eating too. And his family, um, I think I put up on Twitter the cookbook that his family made based on that that philosophy. Yeah. So I think it's a great, great philosophy and we can all strive toward better health and feeling better by doing these things. So So we'll put up links that we've done to prior um, cookbooks and uh, recipes and yep, you can check out the website and I will do a menu for a week and our website again is everythingdoc.com. So I will, with the show notes for today's show, I will kind of post a menu and if there are links online or whatever I'll try to include those or if it's from a cookbook I'll list the name of that so you can find the recipe too please email us at mail at everythingdoc.com that's m-a-i-l at everythingdoc.com you can also follow us on twitter or facebook and if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with family and friends you can rate us and review us on apple podcasts and google play and that does help get the word out about this podcast so we appreciate that Uh, We enjoyed talking to you today. Please give us more topics for the future. Until next time. Bye-bye.